Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the show. Today, we are going to have, for the very first time, we're going to have a returning guest, and I am excited. Our guest is Austin Kerr. Austin, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Absolute pleasure to have you. So, you know, we had you on the show before, but so anyone wants to watch it, they can go back and check it out. But uh, for a brief thing, just uh, quickly remind everybody uh, who you are and what you do, like a quick uh, intro. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Austin Kerr. I'm the founder of a software company called Hue Management. We're basically an HR software that is quite a bit expanded to help business owners manage employees and executives manage employees. So I've had that company now for a bit over two years. Um, before that, I was a senior executive at a real estate investment company that had some great growth and done a bunch of other jobs in my life, but that's basically it in a nutshell. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And your uh, company was basically in its startup the last time we talked. Mm-hmm. So you're uh, like, you know, got to be what, nine months in now? Something like that? Yeah. So yeah, last time we were here, you were uh, in your startup phase and uh, you were just beginning and sort of picking a direction. Um, we're in about, you're, you're in about nine months into your company now, and uh, I'm sure, you know, things are a little bit uh, different and more progressed. What changes have, uh, have come about since the last time we have talked? So a lot more users, um, a lot more uh, interaction. It's been one of the really interesting things, because when we talked before, I hadn't, I had a few users who I had kind of from the beginning, and they were kind of used to having uh, dust, if you would, right? So they, they were there, and they were all through the beta phase and early adopters, and so they were kind of expecting some things to not work. And so as I then transitioned into just getting users in general, people, you know, more and more people who are just fresh-faced coming to the software, I uh, got a storm of feature requests and little bugs, things that I never thought of, things that you know other users didn't think of because they were used to things maybe not being exactly the way they want. So that's been probably the main focus has just been not necessarily adding new features, but just improving and enriching the features that exist. Right, 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 right. So, okay, so you improved it. Okay, so name some of those changes. Like, like, uh, like what's been the hit, basically? Um, so one of the really big things that we've dived more into is our knowledge base for training employees. So, you know, training employees is something that a lot of people shy away from, uh, especially when it comes to something more formalized than just, you know, a one-on-one basis. And so we've added a lot of features to make that much easier for people. Um, We've added, we we always had, or we had before uh, recording video policies, having documents. Um, We've had some more support for exporting uh, you know, proof, like if someone read your sick day policy, you can export that as, a, as its own PDF, which is really useful for a company's compliance wise. We've uh, allowed people to take FAQs and knowledge based articles and make them into whole courses so they can manage the knowledge that way. And so that's been a really big hit with people as uh, it's made training people a lot easier for them. Absolutely. That's incredible, man. That's great. I like that. Like, so yeah, so you're, you're a different spot than we were, when you were before. Before it seemed like in our conversation, it was almost like uh, you were still trying to figure out what air, what direction to go, which way was going to jive. And it's kind of like, now you've got that uh, down packed. You got something that's flowing, you got something that's working, something that's building. And that is amazing. So what brings... The next question is, where do you see yourself going in the next year or two? So one of the things that's really exciting that I have on the plate, we're we're still working out um, some of the kinks and stuff in it, but basically working with a business consulting company um, and then them using human management almost exclusively with their clients as far as tracking metrics and 
helping them to, to build uh, policies and stuff like that. So that could turn out to be really lucrative. So trying to get more agreements like that, finding other consultancies who you know already have a big base of, of business owners who are looking to improve their business, who are already working on that, and then powering those uh, consultancies to make it easier. That's definitely a big part of where I see the focus going. And then right. also integrating more AI into the software um, as you know, some of the recent advancements have made AI a lot easier. So integrating that into the, the platform to you know, improve people's, the, the effort it takes to set up the software and stuff like that. For sure. Now that brings up a good point here with AI, right? Like, I mean, now the, the, the latest thing that's come out that seems to be uh, basically making a mark and may, maybe some trouble as well is uh, a software called ChatGPT. Not sure if you heard of that, but. Yes, of course. It's, uh, yeah, it's causing a bit of a ruckus out there. Now, yeah. obviously, <laughs> right? So obviously uh, AI is going to be part of your platform that's going to contribute and it's going to make things better to some degree, but there's some negative sides to it. What do you foresee that could be a downside of AI relative to your business and industry? So, yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to AI, I think some of the challenges that we might end up with are going to be, I don't know, based around like creative industries are definitely going to take a hit because that's something that people are already using AI to uh, to facilitate, to make easier. So, you know, copywriters, people who make images, that's going to be a, a negative effect. And I think one thing that we're probably going to see in the long run is, you know, and to a degree, it's ways that I want to use AI in my software is, you know, we're, we're going to be using AI to imitate or to simplify engagement and things that, you know, exporting your data onto other people. And so I think that could then result in maybe a little bit less human in the way that we're interacting with employees and dealing with them. So, you know, there, there, there's a plus side and a minus side. Um, on the plus side, I think that as software and as things make it easier to do business, it also means that business owners will be able to do more and provide more for their employers. We could end up with some generally better workplaces. But yeah, I think going into the laziness factor, we then might end up with people who are uh, creating less genuine um, interactions. Which makes sense. And that's the thing, right? And I, I, I find personally, or from my own readings, I think in a sense, the less human action or interaction is going to be a negative thing for sure. Because look, we went to uh, through COVID where everything was closed and lockdowns and stuff like that. And, you know, it was basically two years of not really interacting with people that we were used to. And mental illness mm -hmm. up by ridiculous amounts, right? It was something that it became a real concern. A lot of problems came from that. And, you know, I'm going to say that the majority of people at least gained 10 pounds over COVID. Um just for the lack of movement and, 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 you know, and that isolation and being home all the time. Um, I, I don't think, again, there's positive to everything, right? Like there, there's ways to help. So I think things are definitely going to change with that. Um, and obviously there's going to have to be different things people do to compensate so they don't uh, go stir crazy. And, you know, it's interesting that, uh, you know, every time technology changes, um, Every time technology changes something, it changes an industry, um, the headlines are always doom and gloom, mm -hmm. and that's the way it comes out. But then as we adapt, sometimes, many times, we find that certain opportunities, certain industries shut down or close or shrink quite a bit 
But other opportunities come from this. Certainly, certainly. Yeah, so I think there's going to be one of those cases as well. With that being said. I, I think one of the, I can't remember if we spoke about this last time, but one of the really interesting things about, you know, history and as technology improves and it uh, automates certain things, um, people usually like to think of it as like, you know, it's a job killer, it removes uh, money from the economy, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the things that really occurs is that we end up with more, with easier jobs, but we also end up with different types of jobs, right? So like before the, the printing press came out, books and plays were really all that existed. And so with the printing press coming out, there then becomes a big increase of, of different variety. We have variety because the printing press came out. And so although there was much less jobs of people manually writing books, it didn't actually destroy the book industry and it did help to foster additional industries because we keep having more people. So even when you're talking about uh, paper books being less popular, they're less popular as a percentage, not necessarily that there's less people reading books because there are always more and more people. That's true. That's absolutely true. So everything changes. Books have changed, you know, like the, everything's online. And so the, again, goes back to more opportunities. So, which is great. Mm -hmm. There we go. Yeah. So there's more opportunities. Things are, uh, you know, different that way. And, and I'm sure things will evolve. Um, with that being said, I think also entrepreneurship and people, there'll be a lot more people doing their own thing now. Yeah, certainly. Right. Which I think is good. I mean, you, you need entrepreneurs to help fuel the economy and keep workplaces competitive. You know, if you have too many big dogs on top, then they get control too much of the market and they can control employees pay and they can control benefits and set kind of the, the stage when there's new players on the field at I do think that that competition helps to improve, you know, the world. Yeah, exactly. So there we go. So there, so that, that, that's the point. Um, now we're in, nobody's officially called this a recession, but I feel that, uh, the stats show that we are in a recession. Um, there's been massive layoffs, especially in the tech sector. Mm, yeah. Now being in the fact that your software is basically about human resources, this has either helped you or hurt you. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure which one. So how has things changed for you since the layoffs have started? I, I would say probably more help than anything else. I mean, th there's a lot of, like I was speaking at a conference uh, just last weekend and uh, therapy space, and there's a big point of attention in physical therapy for, you know, all the, all the employees that they're losing, right? They're, they're always losing employees. Um, and so my software, one of the things it does is it really helps with retention because you can train your employees, you can understand them better, you can provide more of what they need. And so in a situation where people are worried about the bottom line, then employees is always a great thing. I mean, it, it, HR is a great industry for that reason, because also when the economy is doing well, people also need people in order to deal with that expansion. So, you know, I, I feel like as long as you're paying attention to the, the mindset, you can then also like, you know, for if you're able to solve multiple types of problems, which type of problem you're putting up front. Being in HR, there's any time that you have an economy, whether it's positive or negative, that really just changes where people's attention are, whether it's on expansion or on their bottom line. So it being a recession or, you know, us kind of feeling the pains of recession, one of the big things that has affected a lot of companies is like that great resignation, which has already happened, that's here. And so that employee recession has already occurred. And so that being said, I've been able to position myself 
in front of quite a few different people as a solution for their resignations in making their workplace better, more enjoyable, making people want to be there as opposed to having to be paid to be there, right? Because that, that's a big difference with employees. Sometimes, like everyone, you have to pay, but sometimes it's like you're they're there and you pay them, and sometimes you have to pay them to be there. And so one of the problems that a lot of business owners face is when they're paying people to be there, if someone else is going to pay more, then they'll leave. Whereas if they're there, plus you're paying them, then someone else can offer more money. But if they're not getting that same genuine interaction or, or care or training or advancement, there, there's a lot of things that an employer can offer that, you know, if they're looking at, at the window, they're not really sure what that employer offers or if they're going to have those same types of connections. And so by increasing your, uh, your, your culture, by making your culture better, you can then kind of beat out someone who might offer more money because someone really values their job and they enjoy their life. Yeah, that makes sense. You're right, right? So like, yeah, there's got to be, uh, <laughs> it's an opportunity there, right? So um, yeah, which is great. That is amazing, right? So uh, again, there's opportunities everywhere if you look for it. And it's a matter of uh, having the right thing for the right person and uh, and adjusting and adapting. Um, I believe that, uh, look, mo- like the stats say that most millionaires were created during recessions. So there's an opportunity here yeah. if people want to find it. Hey, maybe sometimes a layoff could indicate that it's time for a change. Maybe that is the uh, the mechanism that somebody needs to make that jump. Yeah, cer- certainly. I mean, because a lot of people, especially when things are going well, they're not necessarily paying attention to some of the problems that might be brewing, right? Like that's, again, with like a great recession or with um, the right resignation, like the, the whole idea was that you had all these employees who were miserable with their jobs. And because it was a good economy, because there wasn't a lot of jobs that were available, you know, whatever, people weren't leaving. And then the second that that economy changes, that that mindset changes, you had all these employees leaving. Well, that problem existed already, but the business owner wasn't paying attention to it. And so, yeah, now their attention has been called to it and they realize, yeah, I need a better workplace that's easier to retain talent. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. So with that being said, now... Going forward, obviously, what is your user count now? Like, like how much has it grown roughly? So I have total users in the software is now about, um, I have to check the numbers, but it's around a thousand users total. Yeah. So that's quite a bit more than before, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've had a lot of great expansion. Yeah. Which is great. Now, how far does your reach go now? Like, I mean, like, are you limited to one spot or is this like, I mean, cause it's software and it's online. So I don't think it's limited to a certain spot. No, I mean, I, I have uh, companies who use my software in many, many different countries. I have people from the Philippines, from various parts of Africa. Um, I have, I think, two clients in France, obviously a lot of U.S. clients. Um, but yeah, be, being that it's a software, there's not really a limit. And I intentionally made it an in international software. It's available in French and Spanish as well. So, you know, I tried to to make it appeasable into the, into the market. Right. So, which is great. Now, how do you get yourself out there? Look, like, I mean, cause you're expanding and you've grown quite a bit, but I, mm-hmm. you know, like what is your marketing plan? Basically like what, what, how do you reach new people and how do, how do you expand? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I got quite a few users from doing quite a few podcasts, to be honest. Um, people heard the message or, you know, understood the, the feature set. Uh, another big place is um, some different marketplaces, like online marketplaces, been able to find users through there who you know already have an audience who are looking for different types of solutions. 
Um, I haven't really gone too much into like paid ads or anything like that. I've done some cold emailing, which has uh, proven successful, but um, especially in my local market, just networking has, has been great. Um, you know, going to different events and, uh, you know, interacting with people, really understanding their problems and then kind of tailor making or, or using a human approach to show them that more than, you know, because a lot of the bigger softwares, their support is abysmal, right? It's like, if you want to be onboarded, there's maybe some uh, things you can click through, uh, if that, and then maybe there's some very confusing documentation, but, you know, having like live chat support, having one-on-one -on -one onboarding, um, you know, making sure that we're available for customers when they run into issues or when they are just maybe a little bit confused and really trying to lower that gradient has been really successful. That's probably like one of the features that we added uh, just this last week or maybe the week before is we've started having templates. So if you want to create your company knowledge base or company FAQs, you can go in there and we have templates for PTO or for uh, explaining how raises are made, your uh, remote work policies. We also have templates for stats if you want to keep track of, you know, your gross income or leads. Then there's there's templates that are pre-built, and so a lot of our focus has been on making it easier for people to get into. This right, program. right. So with that, yeah, like that, that's good. I mean, that's that's good. Now you said you could do a lot of events and stuff, or you've been to a lot of events, and. So mm -hmm. what events have you gone to? And like, how do you choose? Because I mean, obviously, it's impossible to go to every single event in the world all the time. And there's going to be certain ones that are going to help <laughs> you and certain ones that are not going to help you. And I don't think we're going to get it right all the time. So I'm sure there's going to be a couple of events you went through and go, why did I go to that one? I should have gone to the other one. Um, how do you decide? Uh, I mean, I've basically been staying to specifically like business owner ones. So, um, you know, things that have not necessarily just entrepreneurs, but people who are business owners. Like uh, this last weekend, I spoke at a physical therapy conference, which was, you know, a really great slam dunk because there are a lot of people there. They had, we're, we're all in the same mindset. Um, I've been getting into them through some of my existing users who, you know, I have a pretty big market because I deal with just human resources and almost every company has human resources. They have enough employees. Then it's kind of easy for me to find you know, ones that have more employees. Some uh, events that I've been to that have been less successful have been things that are a little bit too entrepreneurial, where most of the people are just them or maybe them and one employee, in which case they wouldn't really need a software. But things that are that are office-based, you know, um, those, those have been really great and useful. Makes sense. Makes sense. I love that. Like, you know, it's a little bit of outside the box thinking. It's like target marketing in a sense, right? So that's good. Mm -hmm. So now I'm sure as you got busier and things have changed, your schedule changes with it. What does your yes. typical day look like, you know, now? Usually I spend most of the day running around like my uh, hair's <laughs> on fire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with with, uh, with with more users, more questions, and us wanting to always take that personal approach, you know, I'm still dealing with a lot of the support requests myself. Obviously, I have staff to help with that. But I, I found this, this really great software called uh, Taskade, which is like a very, very simple... Uh, project management tool um, where you can just create different tiers of, of checklists and you can assign them to other people. And so that's been really, really useful in getting more organized. As far as like my schedule, I haven't really mastered having like an actual schedule yet. I usually start with like the biggest, you know, thing and then I, I continue down. But one thing that's been saving me a lot in the workload is that what, as I have, you know, still is pretty small staff, just about four people. When they have a question, 
it, it was funny because before when I just had developers, I didn't really have a chance to use my software. My software is more for like non-project based employees for your admin employees. And so now that I have to have that, I've been getting really in the habit of when someone asks me a question, obviously all my employees are remote. Instead of just sending them a video or writing the description, I'll put it first into a knowledge base and then I'll share the link. And so that way, when someone asks me a question again, I can just reshare a link as opposed to having to re-record a video or re-explain it. And so that has, I've kind of just worked into my workflow and that's like part of my everyday. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really effective because then the data is there. And, you know, if somebody is trying to figure out something and I'm not available, then they can find the data themselves and they're not stuck just like waiting on me. Yeah, exactly. With that being said, okay, so you got a good process for, uh, you know, questions and stuff. Like, I mean, you're ironing it out and that's good, right? So every day is a new learning lesson. So now that you're learning things and, and you're improving every day, which is good, right? Because you're growing or dying. But um, what would you say was your biggest challenge today compared to before? Biggest challenge? Um, probably prioritization has been my biggest challenge for sure. Because as I've gotten, when it was just me and two developers, uh, prioritization was a little bit easier because, you know, I was the dominant voice in the room and I could kind of just say, great, we're going to work on this. We're going to work on this. Having more users, more feature requests, more feedback, trying to get more into marketing. Um, my attention is like, is very, very split and spread across. And so the biggest challenge has been like, like I said, I, I found Taskade, which has helped quite a bit, but, you know, trying to really focus in on which tasks are going to provide a bigger value versus the ones that aren't. And then putting those first, you know, figuring out uh, the features to redo. I mean, one of the things in a software company, or at least for, my, for me, because I have quite a big feature set, is you kind of do something called a um, MVP, a minimal viable product. And so that's what you kind of start with. You start with an MVP. And then once you have your MVP, you go to market, and then you're going to be trying to enrich that minimum product into a full featured product. And so that's meant that, you know, I've taken a feature like right now, I'm completely from the ground up rebuilding my clock in and out system. Obviously, all the data will be there the same for my users. But now that I've gotten a lot of feedback, I can go outside of just my head, and I can then focus on how other people are using it or what their needs are and have all that feedback so I can build a better feature. But figuring out whether to do uh, the clock in and out feature or to rebuild uh, the way people are creating docs or to rebuild this or instead of rebuilding, just focus on little small bugs, you know, because all, all that stuff or, you know, okay, am I going to dive into cold email? That, that's been the, the biggest challenge. Right, right. Yeah, like, I mean, I think you're in the software business, which has many opportunities, but I think it has many issues as well. Yeah. Right, because everyone's... Yeah, you're building universes. So you can build whatever you want. And then it's really just, you know, but you have to be careful because also every time you create a feature, you might think, oh, well, th this is simple. I'll just add a, a clock in and out, right? Someone can clock in, someone can clock out. But then when you open that door and you say, this is now something we're stepping our foot into, now people are going to go, oh, but why does it do this? Oh, and how does it deal with rounding hours? Because you can, some uh, states you can round down or up seven minutes, or how do you deal with blah, 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 right? And so as you get those, you then kind of open up this whole world. So sometimes someone says, hey, what about this feature? 
What about um, a checklist that deals with external, with my clients instead of just a checklist that's uh, internal? And I have to go, well, no, 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 I'm not going to do that because the second I do anything external, I'm going to get a storm of requests and features, you know, that people are going to find and that's going to confuse the product and people might not get an as clear a, a vision of what the software is. It also means that I might not be able to make some other features as fully featured because now I'm diving into a whole new world. So that's kind of the, the big challenge of software is you have to like really be disciplined on who you're trying to help and what types of solutions you're trying to provide. For sure. Now, again, even when you update the software, there's different platforms. Like, you know, I'm on a Mac. Some people are on PC. Some people use are on the phone. There's a lot of room for bugs. Have you noticed any major bugs? And how did you come across it and fix it? I mean, yeah, there, there, there's been a ton of bugs. I mean, any software, they say that you go to the market when... I, I forget the exact metric, but it's something like 40% of bugs are like, as long as you have less than 40% of bugs that like, or 40% of features, less than 40% of features have bugs, then they say go to market. Like that's because you're never going to be free of bugs because there's basically, there's two types of bugs, right? So one bug is you made something to work a certain way and it doesn't work that way, Right. So, like, for instance, um, there was something that happened briefly where uh, someone had pushed a, an update for one feature, and it made it so that um, the public knowledge base articles didn't work for about an hour. So someone alerted me that to, alerted me to that immediately, and we fixed it, right? And so that's something that was working, and then it stopped working. So that's one type of bug, and that's, like, what a developer would consider a bug. Now, the other type of bug is where something doesn't work the way that a user expects it to work, right? So a user goes, okay, well, um, I have this article and I made it public, but I want to make it password protected. So that's really a feature, but they're going, well, how do I make it password protected? Or, oh, uh, one one that, that was really funny was I had a, someone message in and they, because in, in my software, it takes all of the, um, it took all the holidays in the US and it showed them in a little uh, calendar in your dashboard. And then also showed everyone's um, birthdays and work anniversaries in that little calendar. And so they said, hey, how do I add um, a, how do I add custom events to one of my support agents? And they said, oh, well, uh, you can do that, but let me come back and figure out how. And they had basically committed us into having that feature, which we didn't have. <laughs> and so that then kind of created like a emergency situation because they were then going great these are all the things i need to create can you do it in the back end the guy said yeah sure uh, i can't figure out what the button is but i can add them for you and he came back to me and said hey how do i add these so that wasn't really a, a bug i mean obviously that was a hatting situation as well as some other things but we ended up adding the feature because at this point someone was expecting it so you know those are some of the problems that or you know bugs quote unquote that can exist in a software yeah exactly <laughs> that's funny though <laughs> So that's awesome, yeah. buddy. I mean, you know what? Like, honestly, like you've come a long way. I like congratulations on that. Thank you. I really appreciate it. So now on the personal level, how are you balancing your life? I mean, because obviously your uh, timetable in a startup and your timetable when you peak or grow or uh, expand or change or any kind of thing affects your home life too. How has that changed for you from before now? I mean, I, I don't think it's really changed too much because I've been kind of balls to the walls the, the entire time, right? Um, I am trying to build this company. I'm trying to build my dream life where I can have a great company and lots of employees that I can mentor and help grow and cultivate. 
And that has been really my mission for the past two years. So I've been on the market now for, like you said, about nine months, but I've been building the software now for over two years. And, you know, if you ask my wife from day one, I've been working long nights, early mornings, uh, skipping meals. And so I'm really looking forward to kind of reaching a point where things are a little bit more stable, um, where I can not necessarily stable as in like uh, income wise, but when I've been able to cultivate the staff that I can, I can not have to handle everything directly. When I have enough uh, knowledge that's out there, when I have enough, uh, you know, income coming in and everything that I can say like, good, you know, if we have a month or two where there isn't growth, it's not a huge, huge deal. And I can focus instead on more cultivating employees as I've done in many other jobs. That's kind of what I'm expecting to be able to uh, get a little bit more of that work-life balance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's incredible, buddy. Like, I mean, again, congratulations on where you've been. I'm sure you're going to grow even more. I mean, like you're always uh, positive, you know, you're always willing to uh, put in the work, do that, you know, have the dedication to get it going. And yeah, like it's growth. It's the growth I expected. And then I think you'll continue to grow and there's going to be plenty of opportunities and, you know, congratulations on the success. Thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. So with that being said, I want to end the podcast with my uh, favorite line, which is, how do you know you've had a successful day? So the way that I know I've had a successful day is that there was like at least one thing <laughs> that I completed that was like uh, definable, right? So a lot of days, obviously I, I do things every day. I complete things every day. But in some days I have to think back, okay, well, what did I actually complete? What was my, my real progress made? Or was I mainly just putting out fires? And so... For the most part, I would say I do have successful days. I do complete something that's definable. I go, okay, well, great. You know, yesterday I was able to create some great new tutorial docs based upon the knowledge base feature. And I was able to send that out to the users who needed them. I was able to send that out um, to the people I had pitched it to. And so that was like, that's what I completed that day. Now I did a lot more things. That wasn't all I did, but that's my like definable completion for the day. So that's how I define that. Fantastic, man. That is incredible. Thanks again for being on the show. No problem. Very happy to be here. If you like what you saw and you want to see some more, subscribe to the link below.